Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the DMP Podcast, episode 16. Uh, we're without Tom this evening, who is busy studying. And I say that with quotation marks. He's probably just playing Xbox, even though he said that he has put his Xbox away. Tom, that's a load of bullshit, and I know you're listening. <laughs> he hasn't put it away. He hasn't put it <laughs> away. Or just check online now and see yeah. who's playing. We go on to Xbox. <laughs> he's definitely fucking playing Destiny the Lion. Fuck. Yeah. 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 One friend online. <laughs> <laughs> um, on tonight's episode, we have... Uh, Walk Amongst the Tombstones with Liam Neeson and How to Train Your Dragon 2, sequel to the first film, How to Train Your Dragon 1. <laughs> so it didn't have one of the name, did it? No. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. <laughs> so uh, let's let's open up with a Walk Amongst the Tombstones. Um, so it's a Liam Neeson film, so obviously you're probably going to get some sort of awesome thing out of it, I imagine, because it's Liam Neeson. Um, but I have to say, this one really surprised me because I thought it was really good I thought it was really really good um, compared to what Liam Neeson's been kind of involved in since Taken yeah um, so I, I like uh, yeah. kind of just thought sorry uh, yeah, I just kind of thought like I was expecting um, you know typical Liam Neeson kind of shoot him kind of bad cop kind of movie you know typical action typical Liam Neeson stunts and whatever but this has been turning out to be like a lot um, different a lot more grittier than just your standard run-of-the-mill kind of action flicks and like yeah, like what you were saying earlier Nick is more like kind of um, like noir-esque kind of yeah. gritty noir-esque kind yeah. of film um, and it's yeah and like yeah he plays like this kind of you know I suppose the whole cop role but I guess it's it's still a bit different than than what you know the last what four or five films he's been involved with so yeah I, I do like the angle that it went with that it, it kind of did away like it, it opens up with him being a cop and like his backstory is that he's a police officer who's basically uh, retired, and I like how they didn't kind of go, oh well, he's a cop, so he's honourable, blah 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 blah. They kind of gave him a few more like dimensions to kind of really round him out as the the film progresses on. And yeah, he doesn't. You, you, he doesn't you become, don't really you know, find out like yeah. too much about him. Like like most of the other films, like it's just kind of like straight up, this is what his character is. He's either retired or he's disgraced or he's, you know, just a cop or whatever. Um, and and then, like, that's, like, it for his character development. Um, but this is, like, it's actually drawn out throughout the entire film, which I thought was really cool and a lot different to what he's been in. Yeah. Past. Hugh, what did you think? I thought, like we were saying just before we went to air, it did the noir thing heaps better than Sin City 2 did it was nowhere near as forced like it, it was a gritty film it was genuinely entertaining like yeah. the, I, you guys probably picked up it's a very masculine film like there isn't really any female characters at all and if they are they're getting dismembered or whatnot. like lovely yeah, things like that yeah, but, um, it's true it's true but I, I really enjoyed it like oh, I thought the opening scene was pretty good because he's a really grey character like he does some good things, but at the start, like, when he shoots that last guy, and he's, like, basically, like, hopping down the steps, like, all giddy and stuff, it's like he almost enjoys it, which is, like, pretty bad if you enjoy killing people, but no, I, I really liked it. But don't you find out later on that, like, he was drunk at the time? <laughs> well, like... yeah, that's why he's in Alcoholics Anonymous when it flashes yeah. forward. Yeah. But... But I, I mean, like, he's a pretty deeply flawed character, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He's, yeah. Not, he's not, like, your... Your a your a cop or whatever, and like even um, there's that Mission one. Gordon. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, there's that <laughs> yeah. one line in the movie where um, one of the guys he's like, 
asking questions about like you know why you know why he left the force because um everyone got asked was it because of the corruption and he even replied back saying no that actually like helped him out like yeah while he was a cop and you're like oh okay so he was actually like kind of like it's not, not he, this he doesn't a, have, a like, plus this star cop built in towards like the nypd it's like actually there was a side to that kind of corruption that aided me and that ad- again that kind of adds another dimension to his character rather than him just being a cop who you know has an like an alcohol problem he doesn't kind of fall into the stereotype i think that's what yeah. i kind of got out of it is that he was written very well i think i think the whole film is actually written quite well um like as an overall piece and i i, I did think that it was a bit too long i mean it comes in just under two hours but it's that it was just enjoyable that it kind of like i'm thinking retrospectively it it felt long but when you're actually watching it didn't really feel like that at all like it had a nice yeah. pace there's it's not i thought it would be more violent to be honest it's not as violent as I was expecting it, was it to be. It was pretty violent. That's interesting. How violent? Because I thought it was pretty violent. I know Tim thought it was pretty violent well, as well, I, I think. I, like, I don't think it's... Uh, like, I know what you're coming from, Nick. Like, I don't think it's like over the top, but I guess... I'm probably talking more about show. Goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean. it, like, but, like, it's not like inherently in your face, Like, but I suppose the nature of some of the scenes is really dark and pretty brutal. Like, you know, just like when he, he opens up the trunk and like, you know, you don't really see much, but just like the fact that you know that like the bags are just all filled with like body parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the, the brief clips of um, them showing that like the, you know, the two main uh, bad guys, just like what, he, what they're kind of doing to their victims and stuff is pretty, I don't know. Would you say that's probably more like psychologically violent? Yeah, it's, it's probably more of a psychological movie it, yeah, it can't, more so than just... You do get that, like that kind of sense that it is. I mean, to like, without kind of spoiling it, you know, like the villains of the piece are actually just fucked up people. And well, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, you know, it. Like, there's a lot of the scenes, like, like from what I can tell so far, like a lot of the, a lot of it's not them showing you what they're doing, but like more so them like stalking their victims and just going about daily day to day activities, which I think is what even more disturbing because yeah you know it almost portrays them as if these are like normal people but they're doing some really messed up shit like and what did you guys think of Liam Neeson I mean obviously he's like but his career is basically now based in just doing action films I mean given the fact that essentially since Taken (laughs) took over his career um (laughs) like where, where like would you rank this up there as one of his better films in recent memory I would say that it is uh so yeah i well obviously it's much better than the taken franchise i don't know it i i think it makes an interesting point about how he's being pigeonholed into these roles almost yeah which i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because i think like he can do like this role like really well oh i think but, he plays he mm. does the action thing extremely well but i kind of feel like they're just really putting him through the rinse like ever since taken kind of put him on the map like, that was... Every, but then it basically became, you know, like, non-stop. The Grey, which the Grey was very good. Uh, the A-Team, to an extent. Um, what else did he do? Uh, Taken 2, which was a fucking awful it's movie. It's kind of like... I, I, I find all those kind of movies you just mentioned, like, 
they put him in this like while he's yeah like the main character in this, but they got they all like all those other movies put him in this kind of like over assertive, accomplished like badass kind of guy who can like he's always he's just good at everything. Yeah, whereas yeah. this like I really kind of feel like he's actually on the off foot this time. Like yeah, he's actually just like you know he's actually trying to find the answers rather than him being the real assertive, know, knowing what to do straight away, like in Taken and um, the Grey, and, you know, he, like, those characters that he plays, all, like, they, they've just always got this knowledge and just know what to do in any circumstance, where in this, it's, it's like, a lot different. Yeah, I, I do agree. Like, when they actually kind of put him on the back foot, that's when it becomes more interesting, and that's what... I think the film kind of puts him in that position straight away, when, obviously, like, he kills the guys at like in the the opening of the film but then there's also like the the alcoholism and does and he kills someone as well in the process of actually gunning down mm. the robbers that's right isn't it yeah, yeah. um yeah. and that there's that kind of thing that forces him to kind of kill the job because he just can't do it anymore and like yeah, that, that's that's a good kind of multifaceted thing that that they've given him it was interesting to see like you know like it's it's really cliche for when like a cop kills like an innocent victim that like they get let go. Whereas in this, he like actually chose to quit because he, he mentions that he ended up getting a commendation, <laughs> like yeah. not for killing the innocent, of course, but for what happened in the process. But like, and then they even said like, you know, they gave me a commendation, so I quit because he he himself didn't even think that was right. So no, yeah, of course, because in the, in the process of doing his job, he also like there's there's. A, Casual, like friendly fire casualties and, and mm. collateral damage and that's what obviously you're not kind of designed to to do as a character um yeah so well, out of 10 Hugh what would you give it uh hmm I, I would probably give it a 7 yeah I think it's, it's fair I thought, like, I thought it was a good film it's the type of film I'd like to see in the cinemas yeah I would be I would be happy paying like, for that Something you go in, like, having no idea what it's going to have. That's, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I'd give it a seven. Yeah. I, it was like, it reminded me almost of Killing Them Softly, except it was much better, because that was a fairly average film, but that sort of went for, like, the noir <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. Because well. I do remember we were going to do Killing Them Softly ages ago for an episode, and then I'm pretty sure we all just tanked the movie, because that was yeah. an old I, one. I think I, I think I was like, yeah, guys, I saw it. It's average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Tim? Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you. I mean, I'm still like half an hour out from finishing it, but so far, yeah, definitely a seven. A lot, a lot better than I was expecting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I think that's a really welcome surprise from that. So, um, all right, moving on to, uh, the sequel to How to Train Your Dragon, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, this one was, this one's an odd one because did you guys feel that this one was a lot kind of more mature than the first film. Oh yeah, no, like, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's, that's why it was I think good. that's a reflection of the character growing up. Yeah, I think that's why I probably like this more than I did the first. Because there's actually that kind of development of um, hiccup and like kind of an expansion of the world. That's what I really liked yeah. about this one was that it was the first one kind of was a, I, you know because I really like the first one. But the second one just kind of gives it a lot more breathing room and there's you, you kind of already have like invested in the backstories of these characters and now it's kind of like your turn to journey with them into the future. Like, because 
I think apparently DreamWorks' plan is that they're going to make it even... Are they going to make Hiccup and Co. even more older? That might be... Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they've already announced the third one. Yeah, no, it's confirmed at 2017. I was yeah, looking at yeah. it like that's when it's been. Yeah. So, um, Hugh, let's start with you. What do you think? Uh, I like the more mature thing because, like, not off. Occasionally, films like that, like those animated films, will have, like, subtle, like, maturity things. But that was, like, pretty all out, I thought, and how it did it. Like, mm, are we going spoilers? Um, yeah. Let's, let's go spoilers for this one because it's been out for a while. Yeah, like, I. It was, it was a weird. It felt like it went really quickly because the, ru- the runtime was, like, what, I think, an hour and 30. Uh, hour and five, I think, yeah. Yeah, it felt like they didn't do that much. Like, because the trailers basically spoiled that he was going to find his mum. Like, that was already spoiled. Yeah. But do you think that's, that is a major turning point that they should have revealed in the trailer? Um. Uh, no. Yeah, probably not. It would have been a lot cooler. I can't remember the first film. Did they talk much about his mum? Sorry, Tim. I don't mean to cut. Um, no, oh, I think they mentioned that she. Well, I think they, they. I think I thought they thought that they, she had actually passed away. Like you know, she had actually died. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, I think there's like a throwaway line for something like that, isn't there? I swear there yeah. is. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think thematically the film is actually a lot kind of darker, and it kind of explores like its subjects, and I mean to get like academic. Um, it explores the subjects and kind of. Like the character development a lot more, um, probably M rather than PG. If that kind of makes sense, that it, you know, talks about like finding like lost family and things like that. And when, um, when Hiccup finds his mum, oh, I can't remember what her fucking name is. Um, Let's just go Brunhilda because that's a generic Viking name. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, oh, Volker. I don't know. No, I actually don't know. Volker. Volker, Kate Blanchett. I couldn't actually tell that it was Kate Blanchett until I actually looked up the voice cast. Um, but that that kind of thing where, like, Hiccup finds Volker and they kind of there's that like connection and it's about kind of rebuilding that and then, um, Stoic like comes and sees like Volker as well and there's that there's just really it's really emotionally punchy. I think for an animated film, I think it was like it's up there with that kind of Pixar level like Wally. Toy Story 3, so on and so forth. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I think the thing that kind of bothered me the most was, like, the voice The voice cast is a bit lacking for me. Does anyone else find that? Yeah, like, in terms of, like... Like, I know they've got quite a, like, a, a good cast. Like, you know, there's, like, Jonah Hill... Um, Christopher Mintz, Plaza, um, Gerald Butler. Butler, you know, like, but, and, you know, Jimon Hounsu, is that how I say his last name? Hounsu? Um, as like the main, yeah, Star Lord. Yeah, <laughs> as the main villain, but it's just like, you know, out of, out of like the entire film, like, even, even Kit Harrington's in it, but out of all of it, it's mm. kind of like, there was really the main three people that I just kept picking up, and that was like Gerald Butler, um, Gmon as like the the main guy, and then um, Kate Blanchett, and that was it. Like, uh, like I knew all the other people were in it, but it's just kind of like, uh, man, they were just like other characters for me. They weren't like actually stood yeah. out as like prominent like people. Like as much as I like Jay Baruchel as an actor, like he's been in some pretty good films. I just don't hundred percent buy him as Hiccup. 
there's just something about it that just doesn't work too much for me. I'm not sure what it is. But well, see, I really enjoyed him like as Hiccup in the first one. Like I thought like he fit that character perfectly because he was this really kind of clumsy, you know, always get get you know, get in the mix of trouble and, you know, get in the way of people and like that kind of character. And then like well, I did love this one, I don't know, I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought the animation in this is is stunning. Like, I thought the animation was just, like, I don't know if it's, it's really difficult to kind of compare animation because, like, the art style with, like, compared to DreamWorks and Pixar is, is there. Like, there is a, there is quite a difference. But I feel like the animation of this is a lot smoother and was kind of more drawn on performance rather than, like, animation itself, if that makes sense. Kind of yeah. like um, what um, Eddie Circus does, like, the motion capture stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, even though I'm not sure if it was actually motion capture that they did for some of the film they might have, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I, I mean, Hugh, it, was there anything that you didn't like about it? Uh, I thought it was, like... I thought they took too long to introduce the villain. Yeah. yeah. It's like four minutes like, cause we, Yeah, we don't see him for ages. And I was like, oh, it's like this big bad guy. Could they at least like show him sort of thing? We don't see him for a while. And then it was... Yeah. Like, I know what you mean, the voice acting on Hiccup. Because he... I think it's because we're not used to like that type of guy. Because he does like... He is does and sound like, like that nerdy sort of guy. And we yeah. don't realise that. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think... I feel like Jay Baruchel's voice for Hiccup in this movie where he's actually grown up doesn't work as well as it did in the first, like you said, Tim, where you thought, like, he was more effective in the first because his voice is kind of more tinged, like, higher than it would be kind of, like, lower as if, you know, like, he's actually growing up and developing as a as a man or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like <clears throat> you, I didn't really get that and for some reason it didn't it doesn't bother me to the point where I want to throw like like my sprite at the screen but it was more just like just kind of jarring having to like listen to his performance compared to everyone else yeah um uh, but again I, I didn't find that discounting the whole like the overall experience of the film because I thought the actual like it looked amazing and it was written really well like I thought it like it emotionally like it was emotionally reson resonant. I think as well. Like that's the thing that animation like struggles with from time to time. I think personally, um, except unless you Pixar, but then you did Cars, so you're not perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, so Hugh, let's 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 get it out of ten. What did you think? Uh, probably a six. Like animation aren't really my sort of movies, but. Yeah, I think a six is fair. Like, I didn't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was good as the first one. Like, it had some moments that, like, I thought were done pretty well, like some of the emotional ones, but it's not really a film I'd be, like, raving about, nor would it be a film I'd be paying money for. Would you say that, because, like, obviously, like, you're not a fan of animation, but does, like, the fact that you're not a fan, does that affect the score? Just because, like, you probably didn't enjoy it as much as you would have? If it was maybe, for example, live action, as a hypothetical. Uh, I think that does affect the score a bit. Yeah, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Tim, 10 out of 10. Um, 
yeah, I'd probably give it like no, I'd probably give it a seven again. Like, I don't think it was as good as the first one, to be honest. Um, like, you know, anim- like the animation and you know, um, visual effects and you know, just the entire like color palette and everything was, you know, really enjoyed. But like, there's just some things I didn't like. I thought like the main villain was pretty cliche. But I mean, get, you know, granted it's it's a you know a kids anime film, but I didn't like what they did with like Kate Blanchett's character. Like, you know, they introduced her as like this kind of you know, protector of these dragons and, you know, a lot, like, knows a lot more than what Hiccup does in terms of, in terms of them stuff. But then as soon as the main villain comes in, it's kind of like she just gets shoved to the back, like, you know, the back of the the cast. It's just kind of like she becomes useless. Like, like I really felt she became useless after, you know, the first half of the film. It's like, it, yeah, I don't know. She, it was, she wasn't like a this main powerful female lead anymore. Um and yeah she had like an air of mystery to her when she kind of first reveals herself that was the thing that kind of got me interested was the fact that like obviously like there's a significance to the character but there's also a mystery behind her as to like how powerful she could be like the control of the dragons and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but it kind of just drops that very quickly well so yeah as soon as um I don't even know the the main villain's name. Um, look, uh, Drago, Drago, Drago. That's it. Yeah. Um, like as soon as he like you know ends up, um, you know, to you know that ice palace or wherever, wherever that she's like been residing, like her kind of role in the story just plummets. Like you know, yeah. It, it, like I think she just could have. Um, you know, played a more pivotal role in terms of like, you know, facing Drago and and helping retake the dragons and everything like that. And I don't know, yeah. You know, perhaps like, another like, lady for number three. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like it, it was good, but yeah, I still enjoyed the first one better. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I thought that that I, I kind of preferred the second one over the first, but that was mainly just because, just thematically, it was a little more mature than the first. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. It's did really well at the box office, so and number three is coming. So hopefully, number three can give Kate Blanchett something more significant because that'd be nice. But anyway, um, yeah. uh, so Jared Butler's on the cast for number three as well, so he's probably on like flashback scenes, or he's not oh. really dead. Or is but, he uh, ghost? I, he'll be he'll be he'll be, he'll be dead. Like I don't think that. Interesting. Oh, I don't know. Well, we'll leave that one for three years when we come back in three years for How to Dra- Train Dragon for. Um, (laughs) but we're going to wrap it up for tonight nice and quickly Um, so next episode for episode 17 we've got uh, Brad Pitt's Fury which is that tank movie (laughs) that tank movie has has that crazy dude Shia LaBeouf in it or Buff whatever you fucking call him LaBeouf is it LaBeouf? LaBeouf and I no actually Interstellar will be coming out the week after that so we won't we'll be doing Interstellar later but yeah so fury is next up and we will have something else for you as well but in the meantime thanks for listening we will see you next time